Welcome to the GigTube Podcast, hosted by Chad Polenz, a full-time gig economist since 2018. Each week, Chad talks to a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to dig deep into the world of the gig economy. Let's see what they discover this week. Hey, what's up, all you gig economists out there? Chad Gig Economist back again with our interview with another gig economist on YouTube, Bentley Coop. I'm not sure which side you're on. What's up, man? <laughs> what's going on, boss? What's going on? You doing okay today? Yeah. You know what's funny is, what is your actual YouTube handle name? Because if you go to youtube.com slash Bentley Coop, it doesn't come up. Do you, What's your actual YouTube URL? Do you know? It's uh, DoorDash Diaries. Is it? It should be. Because I tried that. So I was gonna say, like your the the display name is Bentley Coop. Yes. DoorDash Diaries. Or is it YouTube.com? Oh yeah, it is. Okay. Oh, you don't have to do the C. Okay. Diaries. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, two seconds. Seventeen point eight thousand. So you're about ten thousand more subs. Than me, you so. know what? It every time I see that number, it it is um it's amazing, man. It is really amazing. It's been a short short journey, but I um I feel like I put in a lot of work. I definitely mm-hmm. put a put in a lot of work. Yeah, and you only been on YouTube for well, at least doing DoorDash stuff for like what a year, year and a half, something like that. <clears throat> yeah, um, it was was a year last November. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was driving out to California to um, a totally unrelated convention, mm-hmm. um, and was gonna you know use DoorDash to. I left Charlotte with two hundred dollars in my pocket, and I had already paid for the ticket for the convention, mm-hmm. which cost me like another hundred and fifty. Right, so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, look, if I can just use the money that I have, right? I had a, a Toyota Corolla. I had rented a Toyota Corolla, right? So right. I'm. 20 miles to the fill up, 450 miles to a tub to a full gallon. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. And <laughs> yeah, about between Charlotte and Nashville, I came up with a thought of the YouTube channel. And from Nashville to California, I just started watching videos on how to make a better YouTube channel. You drove from North Carolina to California and back? <laughs> I've done that twice. That's... um. That's kind of like my ritual. And like the first year, the the thought process behind creating the DoorDash channel was if I make it out here and I make it back, this mm-hmm. is going to be a story that somebody can hear, right? So that somebody needs to hear. Um, so, yeah, I made it out there. I made it back. And I, I just feel like it's a, a ritual. You know, it's just like the pilgrimage to Mecca almost. And <laughs> California is like crazy when it comes to food delivery, period. So it's, it's a great state. Um, and it's it's a great state to visit too. So yes, yeah, it's, it's it's I'm gonna do it this year too. Uh, did you take your family with you, or did you go by yourself? I just went by myself. Okay, actually, yeah. that was what I was gonna start with. I usually try to start with the vitals. It's like, where are you from? How old are you? What's your family life? Married, yeah. kids, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm on 36. I have four biological kids. I have two step kids. Uh, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, originally from Durham, North Carolina, moved down to Charlotte when I was in like third or fourth grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, what was the other question? Did I hit all of them? Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. So you're in Charlotte. Um, I was there two years ago building the Publix, um, Cotswold Publix. Have you been there? Okay. Like, yeah. There's a um, parking garage underneath it. Yeah. That Chick Fil A is right next door. Yeah, we used to go. We went there for lunch every day. <laughs> I yeah. uh, I built the front end there. Okay. So next time you go to that store and like you see the cash registers and all that, that was me. Okay. <laughs> what's up, man? That's what's up. That's crazy how small of a world it is, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, used to have a much bigger zone, and they cut the zones in half. So I'm not down there as much as I used to, but okay. yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't really know the Charlotte area. Well, not, not like when I was there. I, I went. I used to, like we had. I had to drive my public's van from Lakeland to Charlotte and back. And like, I mean, that took like eight or ten hours each way. Wow. And, uh, but then, like, when we would go out at night, everybody would just Uber to yeah. and all that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, what was your job? I'm and again. Uh, we were talking about this off film. Is um, probably most of these questions you've already answered in your videos and stuff, but you know, I'm going to ask them again anyway. Uh, What was your job before (laughs) doing DoorDash? I um, I sold property and casualty insurance for MetLife. I did that for, I did that for three years um, before I left for originally Postmates, but it was me ordering my lunch through Postmates. That's interest. You know, I, I would, just we it's the end of the month you're trying to meet metrics you're trying to meet those sales numbers you don't have time to even take a break so you know you just order lunch i was using postmates at the time but i did that for three years um and then before that i worked at allstate and i did customer service and i worked on the launch program for what everybody knows now as drive lives and there are a lot of commercials out about it that's what i did cool so um what made you want to switch from, you know, the stable life of the steady W two day job to the uncertainty of gig economy? I think um, a lot happened to me in a short amount of time. In um, November of twenty sixteen, my mom passed away. Um, in August of twenty sixteen, though, I had I started a clothing line um, that mm-hmm. really. It really took off. It was really starting to take off at the beginning of 2017, right after my mom passed away. Um, I, like I said before, was ordering lunch and was going to take a trip out to California, decided to sign up for Postmates and use Postmates to make some extra money to take to California. Um, I, I, like, I took a week vacation from MetLife and, you know, used paid PTO time. And during that time off, before I left to go to California, I worked Postmates to see how much money I can make. And I ended up making about six or $700 during that week before I went to California. So right. when I came back, you know, with the clothing line, the money coming in from the clothing line, and then, you know, the money um, that I could potentially see from doing Postmates. And this was, you know, from four in the afternoon to nine at night. I'm just like, man, I think I can do this. You know, I can do this because I've always been entrepreneur at heart you know i've always done little things uh promotion graphic design dj you know just all kind of things to try to you know bring in more income Um, so i'm just like man i can do this and this will give me the time that i need so i just i I, once i came back from california i never went back to my job bro i just they Mm -hmm. were calling me like 
are you going to come back? Like, what's going on? You know, and, and there again, this was right after my mom passed away. So, you know, they're asking me, is does this have anything to do with your mom? Do you just need extra time off? You know, are you, you know, do you need to just get settled? Is this just a phase or is this permanent? <laughs> and I can, I can clearly remember coming in at 730 and I'm in my head, I'm thinking, I got to get out of here by eight so I can catch this morning money, you know, for breakfast. And just looking at the call center, bro, and I'm just like, I'm not going to miss this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not going to miss this at all. And I gave him my laptop. I was working from home and everything. Like, I had the ability to work from home and everything, bro. But it was just like, I just didn't want to do it. You know, like, I, I just didn't want to do it. And, yeah, I celebrated three years. Yeah. In March, food, food delivery. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I have a lot of experience working in call center. I, I don't know if you can see my IT certifications down there. I was looking down there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually going... As much as I love being a full-time gig economist, actually tonight I start my cybersecurity class and it runs through Thanksgiving. And then so probably this time next year, I'll probably be back in the day job world, but I might be making close to six figures um, because cybersecurity is like so lucrative. Um, But enough about me. Uh, Back to you. I mean, you you mentioned your clothing line. I I know you mentioned that in some of your other videos. Um, So it's like, is the clothing line, your full-time gig and DoorDash is the side or 50-50 or? Originally, when I started doing food delivery, it was 75 clothing and 25 food delivery. And then I got into food delivery and just kind of lost track of really what I wanted to do as far as my clothing line. I don't, I never had a fashion background. And the reason I started my clothing line um, was based off of some events that happened here in Charlotte. That's a long story. Um, yeah, man. So I started doing, you know, Postmates and selling them with the clothes. And all of a sudden I was, you know, working 50, 60, 70 hours a week doing the clothing line and started to, I put myself in a position where I wanted to print my own clothes, but there again, had no experience in that. And the time that it took me to learn how to print my own clothes, I lost a lot of traction as far as the clothing line is concerned. Um, and that was right at the point where I, the convention that I went to in California is called Complex Con. Um, right. And it, it is a, um, it is just a big convention of a lot of different clothing lines, Adidas, um, Old Spice, uh, Nike, you know, just everybody, anybody that's somebody in the clothing industry, whether big or small, is at this convention. And they're showing, you know, what's next. They're showing what they're bringing to next. And I've just told myself there again, I'm going to use this, you know, this is at this point, this is DoorDash, but I'm going to use this to try to get back focused to where I was before, you know, what, what my original focus was as far as selling the clothes. So, um, driving out there, man, driving out to California for the clothing line. And yeah, I came up with the YouTube channel. Yeah. So you still do clothes stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, right now the right, I had a single if anybody knows anything about screen printing, I had a single color, single press, and it's just one color at a time, one shirt at a time. Um, and right now I am in the process of getting something that is much bigger and it'll allow me to just do more shirts at a time. Mm-hmm. But to be completely honest, I for a while, I was just using, um, just outsourcing just so that I could focus more on, you know, the YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so it's like... Uh, it's not just like, because I, I used to do t-shirts through like Spreadshirt.com. And it's like you just make a design 
put on the website and like then if somebody orders it, it goes to them. There's a there's a couple other sites like that. I forget the name. So, but yours is actually, you know, like you're um, taking the shirts and stuff to like stores, or do you have your own brick and mortar store? Or you just sell it online, or so with the so with the clothing line, I uh, I print the clothes myself. The YouTube channel Printful takes care of all of the merchandise for me there. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, the clothing line, yeah, I print all of the clothes myself. That's part of the for me. That's part of the pride of the clothing line. Um, is because it is Charlotte based. It is a Charlotte clothing line. The designs are based off of Charlotte. You know, right. so me being a kid from Charlotte, um, I think adds a little bit of essence to the actual clothing line. No brick and mortar store. A couple different locations. Uh, two here in Charlotte, but for the most part, online um, and pop ups. Okay, cool. Um, so you've been doing DoorDash for a while. What's the one thing most drivers uh, are doing wrong? Um, <laughs> I think, I, I think order selection is probably going to be the biggest thing, man. I think that we have, um, a lot of drivers who are, you know, trying to get the most that they can for their buck. And then I think at the complete opposite end of the spectrum, we have people that think, you know, that it's really okay to take the two and $3 orders. And I think overall, when we look at it, just the orders that we select, uh, needs to be addressed. I think that's the biggest thing that people Coming in, you either come in and you're like, yo, I'm taking everything. I don't care. I'm just taking it. I'm getting it out of the car. Or, you know, you come in and you're like, no, I'm not putting these extra miles on my car. You know, if it's not $30 or more, I'm not moving, you know, type yeah. type deal. So, but, yeah. Um, I know you've done a lot of day in life videos. Um, but can you, what's like a typical, like, work week or work day like for you? Like, what days do you, what hours do you work? Um, so <laughs> that's like, a, it's a loaded question. And this is what I'll tell you. Or is it different ago, all the time? Not Well, really six months ago, I mm-hmm. would, I would get up, I drop my kids off. I would normally start my dash by about 8am and mm-hmm. I would work till about 1230 or one o'clock. And then I would come back from 430 and work till about 730 or eight. Um, I would do that schedule Monday through Friday, Sunday. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing. But without the break, depending on how busy it is, without the break in the middle of the day. So Sunday is normally like my go hard day. I'm not taking any phone calls. I'm not answering any emails. You know, I'm just I'm just here to to dash. But now today, um, it's just completely different. There again, my my focus right now is really on the YouTube channel and um, continuing to grow that at the rate that it has grown so far. So with that schedule, I'm I'm still up you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, but I normally don't start dashing until about 10. And I, I normally try to stretch it until about two. Um, but yeah. And now on Wednesdays, uh, my son has basketball. He plays basketball. So on Wednesday, I take all of my son, take my biological and my two stepsons. We go play basketball on Wednesday and I still don't work on Saturday. Like I just refuse to work on Saturday unless I'm shooting for the YouTube channel. I just, I won't do it. Oh yeah, I noticed that almost all your videos are shot in the car. Mm-hmm. Is it is it just because like that's the best like get away from the kids and all that? Like that's where the only place we have privacy, or no. is it just to like kind of maintain that boots on the ground feel? It's it's really because that's where we need to be. Like that's what we do. Like you know, like I'm a DoorDash mm-hmm. driver. 
Um, so that's, you know, for me, most of, most of my day is in the car. You know, most of my day is in the car. I feel like I could shoot at the house, but I really, I'm so used to shooting in the car at this point in time mm-hmm. that hearing myself in an open space sounds funny to me. I tried to shoot a video <laughs> at the house and it's just like, I don't want to do it. Like I just, I, I'm my fiance. You know, gave me the and I was just like, I got to go. I was like, I got it. You know, I got to go. I got, I got to get out of here. But yeah, man, I felt like that was one of the things that, um, to be completely honest, that a lot of people were doing before I started making YouTube channel, but my YouTube videos was they were very stationary. They're at their house. You can see that they're physically at the house. And I'm just like, well, how, how do we know that you're really doing deliveries? Like, how do we know yeah. that we can really trust what you're saying? Like, we don't even never see you, you know, doing your thing. So I just was like, made it a point that that, that would be one of my staples. So do you write a script out or do you have bullet points? <laughs> I um originally, I don't know what I was doing originally. I think, um, I think originally I would try to script. Uh, yeah, so I've been scripting since the beginning. I would try to remember the entire thing. And then I think for a point in time, I made bullet points and I would try to um, ad lib to it. But mm. I find that when I talk, it, it's easy to drift off. And I want to make specific points so that I can make sure that people get specific pieces of information. So, yeah, mm-hmm. man, I had to go back to the script. Yep. Okay. So, like, how how's your setup in your car? Like, do you have, like, a piece of paper next to the camera? With no, the script, all, or you just memorize it? All cell phone. Yeah. Um, we're like I am, and I don't. I don't know anybody else that does a YouTube channel, so I don't know how anybody else does it. I just know it works for me. And I say that before I say this because I I feel like I'm a beast. So the night before, so last night I'm gonna go over the concepts of what I'm gonna talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so today was um, I did. The wait, the wait time video. So last night, I'm going to go over the general concept. I'm going to go over my bullet points, and then I'm going to read the script at least once. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to read the script at least twice before I even turn my camera on. I'm going to turn my camera on. I'm going to read it just one more time, looking at myself just to make sure everything's good, and then I'm going to go for it. So, yeah, man, it's like um, it's it's a process. It's maybe, maybe you should try acting if you're good at memorizing because <laughs> I, I – I've tried that, and I just cannot memorize scripts. You know, I, all my videos are here at the computer. Like, I write it out on Microsoft Word, and, like, I have, like, a the equivalent of, like, a teleprompter where I just put, like, so it looks like I'm looking at the camera right now, but I'll, I'll have the, the script right there. So unless I'm doing a vlog where I'm outside, and actually that's funny because yesterday I was doing a Day in the Life vlog, and yeah. even then I'll still, like, ramble on for, like, five minutes, and then I'll just, I'll, delete it and do it all over again but like way shorter <laughs> see and that's what i found especially because like i edit my videos too so i find that um even having a better script helps out with the editing so it just helps yeah. out it helps make the entire process a lot quicker but yeah and it's not the entire script because i still wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it but after you've read it for the third or fourth time mm-hmm. you almost have it down you know you can you can almost shoot it out you can almost see it in your head if you blink really hard kind of slow you know you can almost see where you left off at but um yeah it's been a process it's been something that i worked on for a couple months yeah yeah so you've been doing doordash for a while what's the one thing most drivers are doing wrong <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um i think you asked me that already the, the, uh, <laughs> 
the one thing that DoorDash drivers are doing wrong, yeah, the order selection. The, mm-hmm. I, you know what? What's another thing they're doing wrong? What's another thing that they're doing wrong? We can come back to it. <laughs> yeah. This is the the thought that I have is the flexibility that DoorDash gives you allows you to kind of bend and choose what you really want to do, right? And as long as ultimately, you know, you're meeting your goals. The the one thing that that I see a lot of drivers doing that they shouldn't be doing is tipping on the red card. You know, using the red card for extra things, whether it's buying food for themselves or maybe you know tipping a waitress but things that they're like physically doing wrong the first the within those first 300 deliveries you're going mm-hmm. to approach scheduling overall wrong you're going to think that you can wait until the last minute to try to jump on that schedule you're going to think that um you know you're not going to really encompass the customer in the whole aspect you're going to see that rating fluctuate and that's going to you know kind of bring a little frustration uh, from that standpoint and then again like i said before i think you know, the biggest thing is order selection, just which orders you take, um, you know, and the reasons why you take them. Yeah. Um, what what kind of car do you drive? I've seen you in a couple of different cars. Mm-hmm. I have a 2016, uh, this uh, 2016 Hyundai Sonata. How's the MPGs? 30, it says 32, right? But I think I do maybe about 27 or 29. A lot of the times, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it does pretty good. It does pretty good. I'm about to buy a new car, though. Yeah, I have a Honda Fit, and it gets at like 32, 37 uh, per mile or per uh, gallon, whatever. Um, yeah. What do you use, if anything, to get rid of the food smell on your car? Oh, that's a good question. I just air it out. You know, you just have like one day. We just roll the windows down. <laughs> You get out at night and just leave them cracked and just pray it doesn't rain so that skin <laughs> and hair is not so good. <laughs> yeah. I uh I should have brought it up. I, I have Ozium in the car, but actually I don't really I don't really use it because um unless I turn on Uber or Lyft, oh, there's a mosquito in here. Um <laughs> like if I know I'm gonna have people in the car, then like I'll spray it down. But otherwise it's you know, it's just like your olfactory senses, they only detect changes in smell so it's yeah. like you don't really notice it for better or for worse um yeah I never uh, speaking of driving actually i think you just mentioned this in one of your latest videos is that you used to i, I would watch you you're actually driving around with the seatbelt behind you and the mm-hmm. last couple of videos you actually had your seatbelt on so yeah. do you have like asthma or something or you just don't <laughs> like to wear it <laughs> <laughs> I um I'm a, I'm just a rebel child, bro. Like I'll be completely honest with you. I'm just a rebel child, and I think yeah, like I said, I just I just was in the top comments video because it is man, it is after your videos have helped me so much. Why don't you wear a seatbelt? Is probably second or or third on the list, and yeah. I think it's only so long that you can really ignore it. You know, it's really so. Long. And like I said, and I, I had the I had the conversation with a couple other people, and I'm just like, yo, I just wish people would, you know, just leave me alone about it, right? Like, <laughs> it's just me, right? And you know, you start to think about it, and, and 
it, it may be hurtful to somebody or it may be somebody that really cares about you that's already lost somebody in an accident, you know, a really bad accident because they weren't wearing a seatbelt and they just don't want to see the same thing for you. And, and I think a lot of people use it as a form of hate. You know, they it's like, yeah. um, you know, it's like, well, why don't you like Bentley Cooper? And it's like, oh, well, he doesn't wear a seatbelt and he doesn't like to bring in his red bag. You know, so it's like, OK, so if I take away the seatbelt and I start using my red bag, it's like, so, you know, is there still a problem there? So I feel like it, it was kind of a, a two way thing, but definitely out of respect to, you know, the people that support me. You ever got pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's the uh, what are the cops like up there? Because when I lived, I lived in upstate New York for most of my life. I also live in Virginia when I was in the Navy. And um, between those two states, and I moved to Florida a few years ago, the cops were like nothing there compared to what they are here. Like they're on every street corner and they must be bored out of their minds. I've been pulled over four times in the oh, last wow. year just from bored ass cops. Yo, what, so what's the cops like in Charlotte? I'm going to knock on wood really quickly. I um, And I've done pretty good. I got one speeding ticket like the very first year. And it was because I think I was it was me and three other cars and I saw the police officer. We were on the highway and I was the one that decided I was going to try to use the exit ramp so I didn't have to go past the police officer. And he came right across the the grass on the exit ramp and got me and let the other three cars that were speeding go. Right. Like I just isolate. I made it easier for him to pick which car he was going to pull over. But other than that, man, I think I do pretty good. Um, you know, I work downtown. So there's a lot of construction. The, the police for a large portion of the areas that I work are, they're outside. You know, they're standing um, downtown. So they're more showing presence. So they don't, I don't, you know, I, I've, I haven't been pulled over. I'm pretty fortunate about that. Yeah. I think, I, I know I'm fortunate about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned the red bag. How many how many red bags do you, do you have the actual DoorDash bag or do you use the Grubhub bag or what do you use have, as for I have the standard DoorDash bag. Right. Um, and the I purse. Have, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly the purse. And then I have uh two catering bags. Oh, uh, okay. Like the big big ones. Yeah. I love the catering bag, bro. I feel like the catering bag, no matter what keeps the keeps the food hot you know and it's just it it's on point and it makes it easy because it's almost like it's big enough to where you can open it you can leave it open and once you can just walk up to your door you can just open the back door sit it in there close it up real quick and that just makes that process a little bit easier you know just getting in and out too do you have a, a pizza bag i don't have a pizza bag and i need to figure out the best way to get one. I keep getting an email, and they like I feel like I'm I'm not filling it out in time or something. Because yeah, the last they, one, they sent it to me like two or three times. They sent me a, and they said, "Hey, do you have a pizza bag?" And I'm like, "No." And it's like, "Okay, thank you for your submission." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" No, <laughs> so it's like, they, are you gonna send me one? Right, exactly. Like, are you guys gonna send it to me or what? Are you even gonna try to confirm the address? But um, I think I'm gonna, I'm going to shoot a video later this month and I'm going to go get me some new catering bags anyway. So I'm just going to go and I'm going to go to the office and just pick up some things. Actually those, I don't know if you've ever seen it, those um, Walmart Ozark trail 50 can cooler bags that I have for Instacart. Yeah. I'll, I'll, unless it's like a really big pizza, you can, if you put it in there sideways, it'll usually fit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, apparently if you go to little Caesars, they're giving away DoorDash pizza bags. Okay. But, I never get orders there, and I just never have a reason to go by there. I've called. There's one in Sanford where I live. I've called there a couple of times. They never have any. So, like, it's it's really low on my priority list right now. 
<laughs> Yo, I we have I get a lot of pizzas. Like I get a lot of pizzas, so I need I definitely need a bag. And with the catering bag, like you say, it on like it it has the form, but it kind of bends to it. So if I put the pizza right. in there, turn the bag a little bit, it'll still fit in there. But yeah, I want me a pizza bag just for general purposes. Now, do you? I think this is a mark of a five star driver. Is do you bring your insulated bag or the catering bag or whatever it is? From the car to the customer's door? No. <clears throat> and I'll be honest with you. I think that um, I don't. But my bag is big enough to be seen from the back seat. So you mm-hmm. can see me when I get out of my car. It's more like for, like for me, I feel like almost like I'm opening the door for somebody at the prom at a limo or something, right? So I get out of my car. You can see me. And then I open the back door. I'm unzipping this big red bag in the back seat. You know, I'm pulling your food out. I'm bringing it to you. And it's just like, voila, you know, instead yeah. of. Yeah. What, what happens is they're in a hotel or they're on the fifth floor or something like that. <laughs> definitely. And they don't get the seat. They don't get that whole presentation from it. But this the. The same thing is still there. They're still getting the food. It's still hot, you know. So at the end of the day, they are still satisfied from that standpoint. Do you have? I think. Do you have any gizmos or gadgets? I'll show you what I'm talking about. I got this. Um, the six cup <laughs> holder. I got this at Michael's Arts and Crafts store. Actually, I hardly ever use it because uh, unless I get a Starbucks run, because like if, yeah. you, if you get like really extra large sodas, it'll tip yeah. over and you take a turn. And, oh. I don't know if you saw. I I've, I haven't really showed this in many videos, but I got this hat, and it, it lights up, and you can type whatever you want on here. And I I'll wear this at night, and uh, especially if people are drunk or high, it it, it mesmerizes them. And then I also I have these um these stickers that I put. It says how was your experience? Like the five reasons for people to give five stars. Um, okay. And I sell these on my my uh equid store actually i got the idea for that store from you um, oh wow <laughs> so, so thanks for that uh, i'm not doing nearly the business you are though so and uh like do you do you have so do you have any special gimmicks gadgets do you keep like a stash of napkins or stapler in the car or anything like that i do keep um extra napkins i want to buy some of the the like forks the with the napkins and salt and pepper but I haven't yeah. gotten to that, but no. I, I felt like last summer was the Smoothie King season. So I was getting like four and five cups from Smoothie King. And I thought about buying the actual cup holder from DoorDash, but mm-hmm. it just kind of looked kind of flimsy. And I just never got around to the idea because, no, at this point, I don't even like I don't even have a lot of those drinks. And I just kind of make it work, you know, in the car between the front and the back seat. But, yeah, no, you know what I'll tell you, though? Uh, if you go to Walmart, you can get two-sided Velcro, right? And yeah. you can you can take the mat out of your car, put the Velcro down, and then put it on the bottom of your cup holder. And then once you put your cup holder down while you're working, it won't move. It won't shift at all. And then when you get done working, you can put your mat back down over it, and you won't even be able to see it. Actually, you know what's a, a, uh, another thing you can do is if you have like a regular cooler, like there's a plastic – it's almost it's the shape of a box, but it's plastic, yeah. hard plastic. And I'll put the yeah. drinks in there. That way, if they tip over, they're just gonna spill. In it's not gonna spill all over. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. I don't, I I don't really carry. I don't keep napkins and straw. I don't keep that stuff in the car because I think it's it's the restaurant's responsibility to have that. And it's it's extremely rare that the restaurant's gonna be out of that stuff unless it's like 
you know, midnight or something like that. And it's also, and usually they put it in the bags, you know? So, and it's also nine times out of 10, you're delivering to people at their house and they probably have napkins in silverware at their house. The only time they wouldn't is like, if you're going to like a hotel or, you know, something like that. Um, I totally, I had an order yesterday from Viva Chicken and they didn't have any silverware, like at all, like no plastic, all metal. And mm-hmm. it was like, what do you want me like how do you what do you want me to tell the customer you know like how do you and i i was like man please let them be right like at home so that they don't need it but uh they weren't (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um does this ever happen to you you should make uh, i'm making a request right now for you to make a video about this (laughs) if this doesn't happen to you it might be kind of a foreign thing because i asked i asked udm this and i've asked a few other people this um you ever go into a restaurant to pick up the order and they want you to sign just some random piece of paper, not a credit card receipt, just, you know, like it might even be a cocktail napkin or something that says, just sign this that says you picked it up. Does that ever happen to you? And if so, what not, do you do? Not a random piece of paper. I get, um, I have a Chinese restaurant where they get a faxed copy of the order. So they mm. don't have a tablet, but they get a faxed copy and I have to sign that. Um, and I always sign triple D's. I've, I've, always, I've signed triple D's for like over a year now, bro. Like, and it's just trip, you know, because, you know, some people use the first name trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just put trip D-E-E-S. Um, and I have another drop off. We have to sign and put the customer's name who you're dropping off for. And it's the exact same thing, bro. I don't because I have I have a problem when customers put their personal phone number or someone else's personal phone number and they want you to call from your personal number. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. And then, yeah, I, I want to protect my personal information as much as possible. So even signing my name on, yeah. you know, like paper and stuff, I'm just kind of like, nah. So it was a bad joke at first, but I just ran with it. Yeah, that it must be this area because, like I said, I've asked other people this and they always say, except for these. I don't have a problem signing a credit card receipt if I'm swiping the red card. But when they just like pull some random piece of paper and just say, sign this, I know you picked it up. I'm like, I can see security cameras right there. You know, I picked it up, (laughs) you know, or they say, let me see your phone. I want to see you swipe to start delivery. I I guess these must be restaurants that got burned by, you know, skeezy drivers stealing people's food or whatever. It it, it pisses me off. And like, I do like you, I don't sign Chad Pollins. I just put, I don't even sign. I just print either yeah. DoorDash if I'm in a, and if I'm in a really bad mood I'll write some guy and if I'm in a really bad mood I'll write we ain't supposed to sign shit or <laughs> I'm not required I to have, sign shit I it's funny cuz like there's um sorry to ramble there's two IHOPs oh, here and one yeah. makes me sign and the other one doesn't and yeah. there's a Papa Joe's pizza that they always want you to sign and uh uh this Greek restaurant I'm always like we're not I'm not required to sign anything like yeah. I, I can see the security cameras right there. You know I'm picking it up. I'll yeah. I'll show you swiping it on my phone. But yeah, and if they really if they insist, then I just do some guy or I'm not required to sign this. Yeah, I um <laughs> I went to Wingstop and they wanted me to sign. I didn't have a problem with that. But it you know and it's a regular fill out sheet that all of the food delivery drivers have to sign. But they want me to put my telephone number and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not. You know I'm like I'm not gonna put my telephone number. And he's like, well. You know that's okay. We'll just tell DoorDash, and I'm like, bro, that's completely fine with me. Like, I don't have a problem. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Telling, yeah, you know, I'm like, I don't have a problem with you telling DoorDash. I'm like, so are you gonna give me the food, or am I gonna unsign the order? You know, so it's just like, yeah, I'm not going through all of that extra. 
Yeah. Um, do you think ratings really matter, or is it just the difference between being able to work and not being able to work? If I'm honest with you, I definitely think that ratings matter, and I think that just like DoorDash does other pilot tests that they let us know about, mm-hmm. I think that definitely testing ways to encourage drivers to, to maintain a better rating. I, if mm-hmm. You have to. like, There's no way that any business has any type of success if they don't focus on a customer rating. And if DoorDash focuses on it, but they don't uh, have the dashers focus on it, it's like, it, what's the point? You know, like, what's the point? So, yeah, I definitely think the customer ratings, man. And uh, it, I've, I'm in a lot of the Facebook groups for DoorDash drivers, and I'll see you in there occasionally. Um, yeah, I, there's, a, there's definitely a glitch on my account. It says my on-time or early rate has been frozen at 83% for a year. I've seen this on other people's. In my, which makes me believe if there's a glitch on one of those metrics, then certainly there could be a glitch on any or all of them. Because um, right. my customer rating has been only been going down, and it very rarely goes up. And like, I'll call, I'll take out tickets on the website, and all they do is just send you back canned responses. So, I mean, have you heard of this? Is your on time rating frozen at eighty three percent too? It is. Okay. Mine is mine is at eighty four. Mine has been there for over a year. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely with you. And even now, over the last couple of weeks, I've seen it like jump in between 84 and 85. But I'm going to check it right now. I've seen it jump between 84 and 85. But this is what I will say. And, and I like I completely agree with you that if one is flawed, then we should then it could be possible that the other ones could be flawed. But if that's the case then people may be getting deactivated for having less than, you know, 70% or less than a 4.2 for no apparent reason. So there's yeah. got to be some type of integrity in those, you know, from that standpoint, in order for them to have some type of leg to, to actually deactivate you. And I would imagine that there's got to be like four separate systems that, you know, calculates that and it just displays it on one different screen. So mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah, I, I, but yeah, I, I never thought about it like that, but yeah, 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 because I used to notice that my rating would go up and down, you know, every day, and like now it's frozen at like one, one rating, and it might tick up by point zero one every ten days or something like that. It's very annoying because you know I'm top dasher and I got to maintain four point seven or higher, and yeah. you know so. I, I'm not going to raise too much hell until it, if it goes lower than that. But um, speaking of top dasher, and I, and I know you've talked about this in some of your videos. So are you top dasher or are you still scheduling hours? I, um, yeah, so I schedule, but I schedule religiously, like three mm-hmm. o'clock every day. I'm in there and it's getting harder and harder to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, no, not top dasher. The one thing that separates me is, the one thing that stops me is my acceptance rate, like the 70%. Um, and I just really, the same question that I'm starting to ask other dashes is, is there something that I can do? Is there something that I'm willing to do um, to help improve, like to help bring that number up to reach that top dasher status? Because mm-hmm. the question that I have, and I think a lot of people have is, is it really worth it? Um, and I think that's one question that I can definitely at least try to answer, but I need to try to at least strive for it. So over mm-hmm. I somewhere like uh, 52, 55 percent is normally where I float 50, like mm-hmm. somewhere low 40s, high 50s. 
Um, so to make that jump, you know, it's an extra 20%. So it's like one out of five orders that I'm turning down, I need to try to find a way to accept, you know, for yeah. one reason or another that I'm turning those down. I just need to kind of put that away. So that's what I'm in the process of trying to do. Well, you know, it's a good strategy for that. This is what I did. Um, is to when you get those crap orders in, it's it's not so much the pay as it is where you're picking up from and also the time of day. So you gotta play the odds of this happened to me a lot where I'll get, you know, Chipotle, Humagoos, like there's a shopping plaza in Lake Mary, lots of orders coming from there, but and also the people live right around the corner. So even if they tip a buck, it's only a three or four dollar order. I'll take yeah. those. It's also the mileage is short too, assuming you're close yeah. to the uh the store i'll take those because there's a really good chance you're going to get a stacked order you know a lot of drivers hate stacked orders but actually i think they're they're more time efficient and cost efficient if you're going the same direction you know so i i think that's that's a good strategy to get your acceptance rate up is like as long as the store's on the middle of nowhere you know you can eat a two three dollar order just on the chance that especially if it's like mcdonald's um chipotle especially Really good chance they're going to throw you another order right on top of that one, and that'll bump up your acceptance rate right there. Yeah, I'm trying a couple of different things. I'm right now I'm at sixty six percent, so I'm trying. And like I said before, that's really that is the only thing that I need to get up. So and yeah, and and that's what I, and that's exactly what I'm saying. So you're like you're saying it's like as long as in those situations it's three or four dollars it's a mile and a half or two miles it's still a dollar and fifty cent almost two dollars per mile from the restaurant that's an automatic so it makes it pretty easy you know to just go ahead and take that and like you say you're seeing a lot of those stacked orders too and that's what i'm trying to find is just that that one or two things that people can you know possibly tweak to get in that top cashier status you know i'm actually i'm at 66 percent right now too okay (laughs) i mean I still got, you know, three weeks. I still, let's say the 10th. So I still got, you know, yeah, like three weeks until to get it back up. So I'm not really worried about it. Um, See, yeah. when you're that close, like you could sacrifice a day. You know what I'm saying? Like you could yeah. really just sacrifice one day, take everything, run it up to 72, 75%, and then just make it up on the other side, you know, once you get that top dash of status. And then oh, yeah. that's anyway. I just passed 1,000. I'm at 1016. What do you want, okay. like seven thousand something? No, bro. I just I like and look. You're the first person to know. I just hit ten thousand. My last 10, delivery before I came home today was ten thousand. Wow. They should throw you some kind of bonus for that, you know? It, it, you know what? And I, for me, it's a milestone. But there, I know there are people out there that have twenty five thousand, fifteen, seventeen thousand. Really? Like wow. these are numbers that I've seen. You know, not not you know fables that you've heard about. No, these are numbers that I've seen. So I have the utmost respect, you know, for people that have been doing it that have that type of longevity. Um, but yeah, man, it's just gonna be a little celebration for me <laughs> and get back to work. <laughs> um, do you have a uh, what's your single if you ha- if you can remember? Like, do you have like a single greatest delivery or just like? Um, you know, just or what makes for like, or aside from like, you know, the bonus, all of a sudden you get fifty dollars cash tip or something like that. Like, right. the um the highest order that I've ever got um was a hundred dollars. It was a fifty dollar payout, and I got an extra forty dollar tip. And it was like, you know, it wasn't like a drive order or anything like that. It was just a pickup and a drop off. 
Um, I got an order from Lowe's one time. It was um, like five or 10 pound bags of mulch and they mm-hmm. wanted 30 of them. You know, they wanted 30 of these delivered to the house. This was through Postmates. Uh-huh. So that was a crazy delivery. And then um, I've like, I've, I delivered, this guy had a snake. Okay. He had a snake and he ordered some mice from a pet store. And I'm going to the pet store and I'm picking up these mice and I have no idea what I'm picking up. And it's just got an order number. He's apparently went online and ordered it online through the store's website scheduled in for pickup. So it's just got an order number on it. And I don't know what I'm picking up. So I called the customer and I'm like, I'm here, but I don't know. He's like, give the phone to the cashier. (laughs) She gets the phone and she's like, oh, hey, Mr. West or whatever his name is. Hey, how you doing? She's like, I got you. I get it. I'll give it to him. He'll be on the way in a second, right? So she's like, come on, follow me. So she comes around the corner and she's got this box. It's, you know, like as big as a football. She opens the cage and she just starts putting the mice in there, you know, just one at a time. And I'm like, (laughs) are you serious right now? You know, like, are you serious? Am I really going to deliver these right now? So I ask her, I'm like, you know, can you double the bag, you know, so they don't, you know, get through the bag and just give me a little extra protection. She says, if I tie the bag, they're going to suffocate. And I'm like, okay, all right. And she says, but if you don't move quick enough, they will get nervous and start to eat through the actual box. So you have to move quick. And yeah, man, that was the craziest mm-hmm. delivery, you know, that I've ever had <laughs> to date. You know, besides some famous people, I, w- I delivered to Dale, not Dale Curry, um, Steph Curry's mom, basketball player, mm-hmm. Steph Curry. Um, delivered to his mom. And I swear he was talking to Steph Curry's wife mm-hmm. on the phone. That was kind of crazy because I was trying to be nosy but not be nosy at the same time. But Was yeah, it that at her house or like at a hotel? or At her house. Oh, okay. Is mm-hmm. he from Charlotte? Uh, yeah, Steph Curry is. He's from Charlotte. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not too many famous people around here. Not that I've ever delivered to. I mean, <laughs> unless you go to like Disney, but I'm like almost an hour from Disney. Yeah. Um, what? All right. So going the other way, do you have a single worst experience? Do I have a single worst experience? Not not nothing crazy. Like I I don't. I've had you know some customers. I'm to the point now where if a customer calls and says something you know out of the way at any point of the delivery, and mm-hmm. you know I just like uncomfortable i just take the food back but um <laughs> no nah, i'm like I've, I've i haven't had anybody like i've delivered to a couple vacant houses bro like seriously i had one where the front doors were boarded up the windows were boarded up and the instructions said come around the back and i like i literally i sent a picture to my fiance and i sent it i put the picture in the facebook group and i'm like yo if i don't post again in 10 minutes you know somebody needs to check on me like seriously <laughs> Like seriously, like are you going to like a serial killer's house? Right, right. I haven't had anything crazy. I went to California. I delivered. I did the uh, midnight to seven shift, and around three thirty or four o'clock, I would have deliveries that would go to apartment buildings, but they were on like dead end streets, and Mm -hmm. I would like, uh, I'm like turning my car around, facing out, you know, leave, you know, the car running, make sure that they come to, you know, close to the car type area, so that I'm not like overexposing myself but yeah i know i haven't really been in any crazy situations yeah i 
the worst I, I did a whole video about this it was a long, like a year and a half ago when i first started when i was doing uh, i was trying to multi-app postmates and doors at the same time it was like the first week and it was very long and i didn't realize that postmates is pay in order for most of the stuff and yeah. uh that and it's still and actually and now uber eats has introduced that too they sent me an uber pay card and like if it was for McDonald's or Burger King, talk about I don't mind fast food, but it's for slow table service restaurants. Like I'm not going to wait around. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I, you don't still do Postmates, do you? I don't do Postmates at all. I I'm still active, and I hate saying it like that because I don't have a problem with Postmates. I feel like if I'm honest with you, I feel like Postmates has the uh, has the framework to be number one. I just feel like they don't want to pay their drivers. And I, I feel like they're suffering really big because of it. Um, but no, I have like 3,600 deliveries under Postmates. Well, I did like 20 <laughs> and I quit. Because <laughs> they're all order and pay. It's like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not standing around. And it's funny because back then, and that was like, you know, 2018. They actually like, and this is the, the one thing that I will say that I liked about Postmates is that after like the on the breakdown, it'll give you exactly when you arrive at the store, how long you're waiting. You actually get paid to wait. I think it's like fifteen cents a minute or something, but or a dime or something. But um, right. I I wish DoorDash would would have a breakdown like that because I actually, you know, I'll I'll show you this after we're done. But I I keep spreadsheets of all that data myself, so I'm trying to like see which restaurants have the shortest wait time, you know, which ones are really worth it, you know. Um, like a, a really controversial subject, especially in the Facebook groups, is uh, is Walmart pickups. And uh, I think you've said you don't do Walmart. And I, I do Walmart because, especially on Saturday and Sunday mornings, people are tend to be really generous tippers. They usually give you a $10 tip, and it's usually, depending on the mileage, it's anywhere from like 5 to $12. Um, so uh, you can make you know $20 on one drop-off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so do you not have Walmart there as far as uh, deliveries or? Walmart um, here is through Postmates. So they do all of the deliveries. And I, I mean, you know me, I'm a hard worker. Like I'm not going to turn down anything. So when they originally were introduced to the area, they sent out, you know, the standard, yay, we're introducing more orders type email. And, you know, they're going to pay you, um, how did they put it? The tip is already included, right? So the tip is already included. But the one thing, right, and this is what I was going to say about, the one thing that I don't like about, well, not that I don't like about Postmates. The biggest difference between Postmates and DoorDash, DoorDash tells you the difference, the distance. Mm -hmm. Postmates doesn't, right? So you get this Walmart order and it's like, you can see the distance and you can kind of estimate what this payout is going to be. But when you get there and it's like, I, I had one lady, um, she was on the third floor, it's raining, you know, she, and unfortunately she can't help me, you know, she's not, like, she's not supposed to, right, but she can't help me, and I ended up taking all of these groceries upstairs, and it, it was um, a $5 payout from Postmates and a $1.83 tip from her, you know, and I, and I did maybe two or three more, and they're both super similar to where it's taking Walmart um, longer than what I would like to get the food and get it loaded up. And then having to actually lug all of the groceries out of the car into the apartment, I'm just like, you know, this isn't worth it for me. You know, definitely this isn't worth it for me. And but I think that that I think that that's part of the landscape of food delivery. 
that mm-hmm. those things change, right? Because at one point in time, um, like drive orders were, you know, pretty potent. And I'm to the point now where I won't do drive orders either, man. It's just like, you know, it's really time consuming. And it's like, you know, you can bust it out, you know, and, and pretty much make that same thing without having all of the headaches. So I think yeah, as far as, the, I think as the landscape changes, they will address those type of orders and, you know, the priority that they want to give them and hopefully put a couple extra dollars on it. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned drive orders because, you know, I'm like, I just, I'm up to over a thousand deliveries and I've never been offered to do drive. So uh, <laughs> this area must be like, either there's no demand for it or there's just got way enough drivers, you know? Yeah, and uh, that's the one thing that I was going to say, you were on, yeah. There'll be areas where they just don't have those orders and there's no reason to like initiate you to the program, but you may still see like an order that's got like maybe a 20 or $25 payout and it says, you know, like plus two for on-time pay. So that's mm-hmm. still a drive order, but it's just not necessarily, it's not like what used to be like the boys club, the, you know, it's like, oh, you got, I got an email, I got invited to, I got invited to drive orders, right? And it's like, at this point, you can you can still take you know you can still take them but yeah you do need that that demanding area yeah uh so what's what's your favorite restaurants to pick up from if yeah uh, um I love Viva I love Viva in my area we have a restaurant here called Midwood Smokehouse mm-hmm. um they do pretty good with speed and then Yafo Kitchen so the reason I love these restaurants is because they have a combination they do really good as far as speed and accuracy with the food. And then the payouts are normally higher than usual. So it's a mixture. It's not necessarily because I like the restaurant. It's just mm-hmm. a mixture of the orders that tend to come from mm-hmm. those restaurants. About the other way, I, you, you said you have a restaurant blacklist. Is it specific locations or an entire chain? Uh, sometimes it could be both, bro. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so um, Chili's. I won't go to Chili's at all. Like, I don't care if I'm out of town, if I'm in town. I don't care where I'm at, man. I won't go to Chili's at all. Like, I just, like, I I don't like Chili's. Um, And Wendy's. So I have three Wendy's in my zone. I'll only go to one of them. I I, I lie. I'll go to two. One of them is on the far outskirts of the zone. And if I go to that one, it's right by the airport. So it has to be, like, uh, later at night. You know, got to make sure they're well-staffed. But... Sometimes, yeah, so specific restaurants, but sometimes it can be the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like that. Like, I don't think I have any specific I'll never go there. Well, there's McDonald's in the ghetto that I don't go to because people don't tip and they're, they're, it's never ready on time and all that. Yeah. That's mostly – it's not so much the – well, I mean, it's it's the combination of both. I mean, it's a bad neighborhood, no tip. You know, I'm not – it's going to take forever. You know, I'm not driving all the way out there for three dollars and no tip you know um but uh, and there's also there's other ones where like Wingstop and buffalo wild wings where it's usually a really good upfront pay up it's like usually like 10 bucks but right. it's like ah oh, oh, i know man, it's like they're, they're at least 20 minutes that's at least 20 right? minutes right right yeah i won't go to uh wild wing uh i won't what is it i won't go to Wingstop at like at all. I went to Wayne Stop Super Bowl. That was the one where they asked me to sign. And that was the first time I had been there since I had been to Columbia like over a year ago. Um, 
And then we have uh, BW3s downtown. They do pretty good, um, except for when they get really busy. They're right attached to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. they're always busier than most. But when they get like super busy, it's it's going to be 30 or 45 minutes. And it's kind of like a timing thing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why it, the payouts are a little bit higher is because they DoorDash already knows that you're going to be waiting, you know, and they're trying to pay you for it. And uh, I think people... People think of Wingstop as fast food, and it's not. It's yeah, no. place the order and takes them twenty minutes. Right. Uh, um, let's see. I should. Every time I watch your videos, like ten, I think of like ten other questions I want to ask, and I never write them down. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a good one. Speaking of Wingstop, every time I go to Wingstop, they hand you a plastic cup and say they want Coke. Um, what's your thoughts on? It's mostly fast food places, but what's your thoughts on restaurants that want the drivers to get the drinks? I've never had a problem with it, right? And I I didn't start paying attention to it until I started making my the YouTube videos, and people were like, "No, oh, I'm not. I don't not gonna make drinks. Like, I'm not gonna make drinks." For me, like I've already said this. I said this to UDM too. I said, you know, when you go into restaurants and they give you the cup, when you place your own order and you have mm-hmm. to make your own drink, like, do you put up the same type of fuss? You know, and it's just like yeah. it's just a drink. You know, it's just a couple of ice and just put it in there, you know, make it like you would want it, make it with some love and get out of there. You know, that's but yeah, no, I don't really see a problem with it. I saw somebody was saying in certain states that it's illegal for them to pour drinks or something like that. So if it's a legal thing, then like I completely understand. I was in California. They, they don't give out silverware there. So like in a situation like that, I can understand that. But just just to, you know, just to say, no, nah, I don't want to do it. It's not a part of my job. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I I see both sides of the issue because it's like uh, now I'm in their employ because they're giving me a task to do. You know, like yeah. here, go fill up this cup with coke, and it's like, oh, I don't work here. That's your that's your job. And yeah. I know they have they there's a fountain behind the register right. what they use for drive through, right? Um, but on the other hand, because fast food is never really fast, it's like it, it gives me something to do while I'm waiting. You right. Know? Although I, it's funny because um, I remember this order, and I think it was—I think it actually was from Wingstop. Maybe it was Wendy's. Um, I, I hate those machines because, like, you you push the the glass and it fills up, and it's like half foam. So you got to wait for the foam to die down. And a lot of times I don't wait for the foam to die; I just put the cover on there. And I went to deliver it, and the lady's like, "These drinks are only half full. What the hell?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, Wendy, Wendy's employees aren't that bright, and that, it was me." <laughs> And I'm like the complete opposite. I have a Popeyes, and they'll make the drinks behind the counter. They never fill them up all the way, and they always like it's always nasty. The cups look nasty, and there again, it's just me, right? I'm just like I just take the cup, I wipe it off, I take it over here and just top it off, make sure it's good, mm-hmm. put a top on it, you know, and just make sure like there again. We and it's like we're customer like we got to be customer oriented we got to focus more on the customer and sometimes it's just like you can just give in but that's just me you know what i'm saying it's just like sometimes we can just give in yeah and it's it's a little stuff like that that customers have no idea that we do right. you know and it's like they just i think they just assume that the staff does it right and, uh, filling up drinks i don't mind throwing extra napkins in the bag i don't especially mind it's yeah. The, it's funny because like that's actual work and I don't mind it, but signing a piece of paper drives me nuts because <laughs> it's the principle, you know. Right. Because right. they're well, I mean, because sign the random piece of paper, it's it's an implication that it you're guilty until proven innocent, you know. Right. 
it's it's because other dashers and Uber Eats drivers and whoever stole food or whatever. Um, right. Now we just got to screen everybody. You know, it's like that's how the TSA is based on. You know. Anyway, um, let's talk about YouTube. All right, so and you mentioned this at the beginning of the video is like what made you start wanting to do YouTube videos. Like, so you started doing YouTube videos, and like, when did you feel that you really got into the groove where like you knew? Like you, maybe not a formula, but it's like you, it, they just came natural to you. <laughs> the ride-alongs, the uh, the day in the life. I think I kind of pretty much had an idea how I wanted that from the beginning. Um, the <clears throat> so I separate the videos into like three categories. So there are ride-alongs, and then I have videos that I call teach, and then I have videos that I call preach. So the preach videos are more opinionated, you know, they're about me and how I feel about how we should approach Dash and overall um, a lot of the customer service videos, customer rating videos are like that. But then I have videos um, that are meant to teach whether no matter what side of the fence you're on, these are meant to help you. Um, so it took me longer to get the formula for the teach videos. And I think I, I, I hit a single when I did a video, um, 20 tips on how to help, you know, new drivers. And that mm -hmm. was in August of last year. And I think I kind of hit a stride there um, and stuck with that same formula for a little while. But I, I wasn't complacent. And every time I changed my thumbnail, I, I like changed the, the approach towards the videos. So mm -hmm. I think right around December, I if, if I'm honest, I feel like December, I hit a whole nother stride, just kind of reached a, a whole nother platform. And I've just kind of been there uh, for the last couple months, you know, just trying to see what's going on. Because it's a lot going on right now. A lot yeah, your, uh, your video, not knowing this, cost me $1,000. 177,000 views. Wow. Right. And then, and then, and then the next one is 58,000. Right. Like, wow. 58, I shot the 58,000 last August. That was a video that got me monetized uh, mm. for YouTube. And then, <clears throat> so I did that video in August. In October, I did the truth about cherry picking. And to do that video, I changed the approach towards making the videos and stuck with that through December. And I think, um, not think, I made the, uh, this cost me $1,000. I made that one in December. So I took what I learned in August, built on it, and, you know, took another swing in October. You mean and that one. December 2019 or 2018? 2019. Okay, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. This is the way I discovered you was when I was home at my parents' house in upstate New York for Christmas. And yeah. there's just nothing to do there. And I get my tablet and I'm just, and it's, you know, Star Wars came out. So I'm watching Star Wars, people, people's review of Star Wars. And I'm, you know, and, and YouTube kept suggesting me your videos. And I'm like, yeah, I'll watch them someday when I have time. And then I was at my parents' house with nothing else to do. I'm like, I'll watch this guy. Because <laughs> nine out of 10 people, when I see these random YouTube recommendations, they're usually crap. And I, right. I think not knowing this cost me a thousand dollars was probably the first one of the years that I watched because it had like huge numbers. And I was yeah. like, wow, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. And he makes pretty good videos too. And I just started, I went down a rabbit hole and I probably watched like, I feel like an entire day just like watching all your videos. So, um, <laughs> yeah, whenever I watch Bentley Coop, you remind me of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. 
that. Well, at least that's a good time of the year. That's better than tax season. <laughs> oh, it, you know, and speaking of, I, I should have brought this up a while ago. Speaking of cold, you know, like I said, I'm from upstate New York, so I'm used to the cold. But I live in Florida now, and you're in North Carolina, which is kind of the best or worst of both worlds. Yeah. How does the how do you approach working in the summer versus the winter? Like, what do you do different? Um, so like I keep sunscreen. That's number one. I keep sunscreen and about three pairs of sunglasses. I wear sunglasses ninety percent of the year while I'm driving, uh, just to protect my eyes. Um, but I like you the same hoodies that I I love my hoodies and I love my toboggans. So I'm pretty much hoodies from August until April. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year we got as low as 13 degrees. I have a, like a bigger coat that I'll wear, but for the most part, I'm in and out of the car so much. It's just like, mm-hmm. I just, you know, <laughs> I just in and out, but I just wear my hoodies and my toboggan. Um, and then in the summer, like I said before, I feel like sunscreen is super important, especially if you don't have your windows tinted, even if you have them tinted and mm-hmm. no matter what your skin complexion is, you know, where you're from. You still need some type of protection for your skin, um, but yeah. I, so I keep a little copper tone and one yeah. that I can rub on me. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I I always keep a bottle of water in the car. In fact, you can see some right here. Yeah, I see it in the back here. Um, I, you know what? I Actually, that's to, my coronavirus supplies. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make myself um, like ask the restaurants at least twice a day. Can I, you know, can I give me a little cup so I can give me some water? But I need to do better as far as water is concerned. I normally keep uh, like a soda or some type of sweet tea in the car. Like I'm horrible about that. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I think in one of your videos, yeah, you mentioned that. Like you usually go to Dunkin' Donuts first thing every day. Morning. Yeah, man. I'm at Dunkin' every I'm, – I'm to the point now where they know me. Like, <laughs> yeah, they they give me an extra large. I pay for a medium. They give me an extra large. And like I said, me and my daughter go every morning. And yeah, bro, every year, every day for the last – Seven, eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Same cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. It, if you made coffee at home, you would be saving so much money. <laughs> you know what? So we um 2020 is definitely the year of finances, right? So the year to get in finance, my finances in order. So um the yeah, man. So I like I sign up for the rewards program through Duncan. So at least once a week my coffee is free. But mm-hmm. I buy the K-Cups to use on the weekend. I said, I'm just going to start on Saturday and Sunday and use the K-Cups. I end up using, like, I still end up making, like, two or three cups of coffee. So I'm drinking more when I drink it at home. So I don't know yet if making it at home is really working for me. At least when I pay for it, I can throw it away. But yeah, Actually, I quit drinking coffee a couple of months ago. But not because, or it was, like, turning my teeth brown. Yeah. So, right. uh. I stopped, I stopped drinking coffee, and I switched to baking soda, toothpaste. Like, my teeth are a little whiter now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm telling everybody this, but... <laughs> no, no, you know, and that's the, like, that's the biggest thing. That's been one of the biggest challenges for me um, coming to YouTube is just that whole personal appearance and how people really see that. Yeah. And, and, yeah, bro, the coffee is not helping me at all. <laughs> um, I just had a great... Lost my train of thought. Um... Yeah, so uh, going back to YouTube, you design your own thumbnails. What to do? You use like Photoshop or what? What, what program do you use? So, so I, I'm pretty good with Photoshop. I have it on my computer, but I use PixArt. Um, I use mm-hmm. PixArt to make my thumbnails. I use PixArt to do everything at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use um, what uh, what's video editing software do you use? Um, I use my iPhone. I use the iMovie. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I have um, I have a Windows PC here, and I have uh, it's called like Movie Studio. It used to be called Sony Vegas, but they changed the name. I just do all the the thumbnails in there, and I try not to. Uh, I try not to include a picture of myself in the thumbnail because yeah. this isn't attractive to the world. Just doing text. <laughs> you know what? I we man, we all have that same like perception, right? But mm-hmm. if you if you did a split test on your videos and mm-hmm. you did no picture versus a picture, you would find that the one with the picture does better. I would love to really, I would love to take my face off of the thumbnails and use something more generic, right? Use something more fitting to the moment. It never does well. I, I put the thumbnail, the thumbnail for my top comments video uh where last week has the 300 trailer on it from the old movie 300, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I saw not, that. It's not performing anywhere near as well as the other videos normally do. But See, yeah, bro, you got... put my face on, I would want like a cartoon like this. <laughs> you know what, though? Originally, that's what I started with. I had a Bitmoji and he was holding a sign that uh-huh. said for Dash Diaries, and that's what I use. It's, it's still in my profile picture. Yeah, my, yeah, that's that's what I use. Yeah, but people want to see you, like they want to see you before they um before they actually click into the video. And that's one of the good things about YouTube. You know, you can really be yourself because you're going to organically find the people that are going to support you. So people like just as many people as you feel like are going to turn away from the video because they see your picture. Mm-hmm. The the same number of people are going to click the video because they see your picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's more i actually um i actually i asked the artist that designed this to design another like chad gay economist for me but he just doesn't have time anymore so um i'm gonna i gotta try to find a uh i like the cartoon you know look yeah um so i've been on like fiverr.com trying to find like a so i want something like you know cartoony and like you know picture not just text because like i can do text myself you know yeah um yeah, so I want to do a Chad to get economist.com and start a Facebook page and oh speaking of which, like you have a Facebook page, um, but you don't really use it that much. So it's like it's like YouTube is your main interaction source with people, right? Oh, what happened? Still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, so with the Facebook group. Um, I have a Facebook page because I want to know people to have a way to be able to reach out to me. Um, and other than like email and the comments on the videos, um, wanted to do that, but it's, it's really just been a lot and I want to make sure it's, it would be super easy for me to focus on maintaining all of that. And I feel like the videos would suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my main thing is just to really just crank it out with the videos and make sure that that's a priority for me. And, you know, I, I still make sure, like, with people, I can see the notifications and stuff like that. Like, I saw um, the couple posts that, that you put me in in the Facebook group over the last week or so. So yeah. I still get those notifications. But, like like I said before, there's so many people out there that have just as much knowledge as I do, you know, or if not more. It's just the way that I package it and put it together. So I don't want to, you know, I, I realize that I have a great platform and I have a lot of people that support me and good followers. but I mean, at no way, shape, or form at the top of the mountain. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't want to, I, I just like, nah, if you, you know, 
come to the Facebook group, meet some other people who have been doing this just as long as I have, if not longer. And, you know, let's do it from there. But yeah. So, um, what's, uh, do you have like any like two year, five year plans, like specific things you want to do as far as DoorDash or, you know, the, the, your apparel company, um, what's, what's your outlook? If, if you want to talk about it, you don't have to. No, I, um, I want to refund my clothing company. I feel like that's one of the main things that I learned, um, coming through that process was that I didn't have enough money to, you know, really play with the big boys like I really wanted to and evolve into what clothing is evolving into. So I want to try to fund that. I have a couple other, my fiance, um, she makes cupcakes. Um, she has won like several different awards from it. She doesn't have a brick and mortar and she still has a W too. So um, I have plans. I'm going to buy her a truck, bro. Like I'm going to buy her a truck and a vending trailer so she can do her thing with the cupcakes. And I, I got like a couple a of truck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she can just set up shop, post up and, you know, sell her cupcakes. And I got a couple other things that I want to do. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and really, I, the YouTube is um, kind of, opening my eyes a little bit i've never been thought about i've never thought about myself as a motivator right as yeah. somebody that helps to motivate other people but yeah i may be able to see that you know, i don't want to jinx it <laughs> i'm not yeah. gonna wood on again but yeah the key to but, if you're gonna do youtube about gear economy is to just have that insight that other people don't see it's like I've been doing DoorDash. Well, you've been doing it, doing it longer than I have, but I'm saying I've, I've been doing DoorDash longer than most people who are either watching our videos or who you run into a Facebook group. They do it for like six months and they give up, you know, if that long. Um, I like I like your insight because, like, especially, and I think you said this in multiple videos, is especially whenever people talk about rating, it's like, you know, think about it. Like, as soon as you're like, whenever you call call service, it says, "How was our experience?" and like. So I know a lot of uh, dashers like they don't want to ask for ratings like face to face because they think it's like you know begging or they they're, they're they don't have the pro- you know, they're too proud to do it or they're shame whatever um, like yeah. yeah you mentioned that and I was just like yeah it's like we're getting asked to every single company is asking us to rate them all the time what's one more thing you know everywhere everywhere and then you would be surprised. It, and a lot of people assume that the customer, every customer is going to hate you and be extremely mad at you. And as soon as they close the door, they're going to laugh and say, why in the world <laughs> would you ask me for a rating? Right. You know, but it's the complete opposite. When you can look somebody in the eye, you can take a moment to be as humble as you possibly can and say, look, I need you to help me. You know, and, and you don't have to like beg for it, but it's it just it makes you a person again. You know, they're ordering through an app. They're using technology. They don't see you as a person. They just see you as an extension of the app. So when you come to them after you, you know, because a robot could say, hey, how are you doing? You know, you could any robot could do that. But to ask, you know, can can you give me five stars? Can you give me a positive rating? Yeah. It, it makes a difference sometimes. Do you have like a, a speech or just like a closing line? I mean, every customer interaction is different, but <laughs> do you try to like and like? I, uh, I so definitely when I come in, I try to, you know, fill them out. Hey, how you doing? And try to get, you know, some type of response from that standpoint. But my standard line 
is the app is going to ask you for a review. If you could give me five stars, I would appreciate it. Like there's no, there's no real question about it. There's an implication. You're going to be asked for a review. I already know this, right? And if you could just give me five stars, I would appreciate it. And I just leave it at that. So no matter how the conversation starts, that's how it always ends. So if it's, hey, how you doing? I love your dog. Or I just had this pasta the other day right before you know, I leave. It's, they're going to ask you for a that's, review. That's a, yeah, I think that's the key is to, just, <laughs> is to just bullshit with the customers just a little bit. Just find something. You know, but you know what? See, and 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 I think that sometimes the customers they'll pick on to that, like almost like a car salesman. Like you're going to the car lot, you know the salesman's gonna come and ask you. You go into a clothing store, and the retail person comes over there and they say, "Hey, how you doing? Can I help you find anything?" Like you know, you even if you're looking for a jacket, you know specifically what size and color. What are you gonna tell them? You're gonna be like, "No, no, no, I'm okay, right? Like I'm okay." Yeah. So I, I think, I think. Um, skipping the bullshit and getting straight to it shows the signs of respect for the customers. And those are the customers who spot the bullshit the quickest. They mm-hmm. have a respect. They're like, okay, so you're not going to try to shoot me to shit? You're like, <laughs> okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. Yeah, I'll give you the five stars. Because when I, I got, like, I went, go ahead. I got a little insight that it might blow your mind. Maybe you've already tried this or whatever, but um, here's, here's, all you DoorDashers or Uber Eats or Postman, all you food delivery drivers out there watching, here is why you should bring your hot bag from the car to the door. Because you put it on the ground when they open the door, then you have that one, two second interval there of you can start conversations. And also, especially me with this hat, if I'm bending over, then they see the hat and it makes them <laughs> laugh and they start talking. But I, I only do the hat at night. Um, or if you have your hot bag and the food's really hot and you open it, uh, you can actually see steam come out of the bag. And I'll go, oh, my God, you yeah. see that? I'm like this. Uh, I'll say it was coming right out of the kitchen. It went from the kitchen to my bag and from my bag to you. So this I, this is really fresh, you know, or, um, you know, you can even talk about the weather. Um, if you're wearing local sports team jersey yeah. or shirt, yeah. that helps. Um yeah. Just something like that. So, like uh, that's I, I even if, uh, th- I think that's the best reason to bring the hot bag from the car to the door is to just so you have that one two second interval where you actually have to put it down and unzip it and take their food out because you can start talking. Because like as I, I should ask you this before, but um, as a customer, I must be and I and I just post this on my YouTube uh, update Snapchat thing, whatever it is, you know, uh, yesterday or two days ago. So I ordered um, Best Burger Bar. It's a local burger place here. And a girl got lost in my apartment complex. And she didn't call me. And she shows up the door. And she looks like a total hooker. I mean, she was hot. No hot bag. And I'm trying, like, oh, it's hard to find, huh? And she's like, oh, no no English. And no hot. So there's a lot of uh, Puerto Rican and other you yeah. know, Latin American people in this area. And a lot of them don't speak English, which is, I can understand that. But it's also you got to make an effort, though, too. Like, right. what country are you in? We speak English here. Um, right. But um, and so every other time, like I order a Chipotle a lot. I order a local pizza place a lot. And I think I so I probably ordered DoorDash maybe 20 times in the last year. So I usually order once or twice a month, mostly just to see on the customer and not because I really need the food that bad. But um 
And I think maybe one person ever had a hot bag. Yeah. Uh, what's what's your experience been like if you've ever ordered DoorDash as a customer? <laughs> Horrible, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Hold on, give me give me one second, because this is my fiance. While you're doing that, I'm gonna grab a water. Okay. Oh, all right. This is the water bottle I carry in the car. Uh, there you, my phone is. I'll look up my charger too. Um, and it's it's funny because uh, it's like when you see how terrible all the other drivers are, you realize how good you are. <laughs> I and that's why I came up with the fastest dasher, you know, because I promise you, like that was the one thing that I heard most frequent. Hold on, give me two seconds. I'm gonna adjust just really quickly. Your light keeps turning on and off. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. My um. You have your phone plugged in, I hope. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. The battery yeah. is starting to get dead on me. Oh, okay. We can cut all this out in post. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Um, all right. Ask me the question one more time. What did you what, ask? What's your experience been like as a DoorDash customer? So, okay, so I've ordered maybe three or four times in the last four months. The one time that I ordered, the restaurant took forever, um, and it took me, like, over an hour to get my food, and, yeah. But, like, as far as hot bag is concerned, I never, like, I don't see any type of hot bag. I had one guy who got lost so bad. I had, I was at the end of my driveway by the time he even got to the house. So I was just in, and he just, you know, rolled the window down, hands the food out, you know, and just keeps going. <laughs> but yeah, I've never. Was yeah, man. I like, could sit I on never, Uber Eats, but never really had a really good experience. And then, you know, I honestly, that's the one thing that I hear about other people when I tell them what I do. You know, that I work for DoorDash, like my friends and stuff like that. They always. It's always the one bad experience, you know, the person that comes up to smelling like, you know, smoke or like you said, looking like a hooker or, you know, something like that. But, you know, I'm going to go back to what you were saying earlier about the red bag. I have a friend who is adamant about the red bag and is always on me because I won't use mine. Um, and the one thing that he always says is that that's the one thing that he feels keeps his rating high is the customer being able to actually see the steam. You know, when he opens up the bag, that's something yeah. that he's yeah. looking looking for. So, yeah, man, I, t I totally agree with you on that one. I, I, you know what? And I think I'm just like, I, I can see it. You feel me? Like, I really can see it. But I just like, man, look, I'm blazing hot, bro. Like, it's like you put it, you put it in your hand and you touch the bottom. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. red bag. You know, it's like it's still fresh. Yeah. Also, um, oh, I lost my train of thought again, but. Um... <laughs> Um, where did it was already ready and throw it back in the pool? Where did that come from? <laughs> I was shooting a day in the life and, um, I was just trying to figure out how to say, I, I walked into the restaurant. I was just naturally just shooting and just would instinctively say already ready and would hear it. And, and I was just like, okay, so maybe the third or fourth vlog, I'm like, we got to address this. Like, what are we doing with this? 
And it's like, so what are you supposed to say? And it's like, I think it's like it, the food was ready. And I'm like, nah, that doesn't sound right. And so I'm just going to say it. I was like, I'm not even, I'm not going to just say it. I'm going to make it sound as country as I possibly yeah. can. So because, oh, like weird. anybody could say that, but it's like, yeah, it's how you're saying it. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I mean, because, you know, it, where I'm from, <laughs> where I'm from, North Carolina, South Carolina, we say that a lot. Like you hear people say it, you don't even, they don't even realize they're saying it. You know, it's like, it was already ready. You know, I went into Wendy's, it was just already ready. You know, it's just like, it was, you know, my kids are already ready. Where are you at? You know, people say it all the time. So then that's why I was just like, I didn't even realize I would say it so much, you know, and so I just try to adjust it. And throw it back in the pool was just something, um, <clears throat> it's just something that came, you know, just came in the process of, you know, just making the videos and just trying to be as honest as possible about the orders that I take. Originally, when I would shoot the vlogs for entertainment purposes, I would pretty much take about 90% of everything and try to make it work. Um, and then as I started to try to change those to be a little bit more educational and try to help people on a real basis, um, I just had to try to adjust that. So I had to find a way to explain what we were doing when we were just not taking the orders. Mm -hmm. So uh, to kind of close out here, we've been going pretty long, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> sorry. Uh, what are your predictions for DoorDash and the gig economy in general for like this year, two, five years, whatever? I think um, I think this is going to be a very volatile year with DoorDash. I think that the if I'm honest with you, I think that they're going to have to find a way to try to weed out the people that are unhappy. Right now, there's no you know, there's no end. If you don't like DoorDash, you're never deactivated. You know, there's no, you haven't delivered in six months. You haven't delivered in a year. Unfortunately, you've been deactivated, you know, or something like that. So I see them trying to rein in that um, as far as <clears throat> addressing the unhappy dashers and figuring out a way to entice more happy dashers. Mm -hmm. um, I, if I take my own personal predictions, I think they're going to add in a deactivation acceptance rate within two years, two and a half years. Um, <clears throat> I think that they're going to end up changing top dasher and they're going to put in a second tier. So you'll have two tiers of that. I think that they'll come out of the box within the next five years and tell people that they I don't think that they'll tell them that they've been uh, picking the orders that they send based off of, you know, various things or your customer rating. But I think that they will finally tell what they've already said in top dasher that they're giving better orders to better dashers yeah uh, <clears throat> and i think in 10 years i think by 10 years you'll have to pay an annual fee to actually be in food delivery and you'll mm -hmm. be some type of registration like you'll have to have some type of license yeah. fingerprint on uh, file i think it'll to... it probably depends on the states but i mean i can see that in california for sure um they're going to make you take like food handling safety courses or something like that, you know? Yeah. They're definitely going to make sure that the people that are handling the food, you know, the people that are touching the food, number one, we know exactly who they are. Like you say, in that situation where the young lady came up to the door, you know, there's so many situations where people are having their teenage kids go in the restaurant and pick up food or run into the door, you know, and things like that. So I think, you know, they're going to, they're going to tighten up on all of that, bro. Yeah. Definitely. It's hard to police it though, because I mean, who's gonna? Who, I, I guess the merchants could 
Like they, they, they're going to spy on drivers for DoorDash, but they probably don't care unless, aside from, if there's a really bad interaction, you know. But right, right, yeah, and 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 like I said, I think the identity thing is just to make sure, like with you know, Dash is being assaulted and killed, and you know, even with the customers, you know, I've seen some horrible stuff. Girl peed on one dude's porch because she was had to use the bathroom so bad, and the other guy with his hands in his pants and. You know, stuff like that. Just making sure that these people are registered so that across all platforms, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you're not just you're not just deactivated from DoorDash. Like, so right now, if you were worked in the financial world, if you were laundering money or you were involved in some type of convicted or some type of money conspiracy, you couldn't work in the finance industry, period. You can't go from Wells Fargo to Bank of America or Fifth Third or something like that, right? So I see them doing that, you know, with just our industry in overall, just to kind of police it a little bit more, bro. Because right now, this, this is Wild West. You know, it's just like, whatever happens, happens. I don't think it's that wild, really. I think it's a, it's pretty safe. <laughs> I think it's settling down. You know? I, think with the, I think with the pay, I think there's so many unhappy people, man. Like really, I think, and yeah, I think there's so many unhappy people, and I think until they address that, everything that they try to do will try to be undermined from inside. Because that's the one reason that they can't create the stability that they want to, is because the the moving pieces are inside. There are a lot of dashers and stuff that are just. Oh yeah, you've been with DoorDash for a while, mm-hmm. and so and, and I was there when they flipped from you know, subsidizing tips or whatever you want to call it. And to, because uh, I don't know what it was in in your market, but here in uh, Orlando, the minimum I used to get was, I can't remember if it was five or six, but I would, which is actually pretty good. And then just one day, all of a sudden I started seeing two, $3 orders. Like, what? I'm not taking that, you know? Right. right. And uh, did you notice a decrease in pay when they, when they changed over? I didn't. I and I think I was one of the fortunate ones, but I think it was really the approach that I had ahead of time. The the order selection process wasn't solely based off of, you know, the restaurant and the the total payout. It was based on a couple other different things. And I think even the adjustments that DoorDash made just allow me to kind of finagle through that, you know, because I I am hands on and I'm going to do, you know, 100 120 deliveries in a week. It was it's pretty easy for me to just kind of like figure it out, you know, and, and put something to it. But yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. And now and now what's so funny is they're asking people are asking for a minimum. They want a six dollar minimum when that is what we had. Most markets had a guaranteed minimum. The biggest problem that I have is people are people want to blame DoorDash for only giving us a dollar base pay. When we had a dollar base pay, there was no situation that we would be paid a single dollar. We had yeah. a guaranteed minimum. So now we switch to a higher, higher base pay of two and three dollars. But there are plenty of situations where we get paid or offered two or three dollars. So we had this before. We didn't want it. And now, you know, we're asking for it again. It's just kind of yeah, it, it's a yeah, didn't uh, didn't DoorDash say that they were going to start giving customers the option to tip after delivery because I've never, the only time I ever get tipped after delivery is with Walmart. The average McDonald's Chipotle never got a tip after delivery. And it's very, very rare that I get cash tips at the door. I, um, I get, I, I get cash tips. I don't know. I think I'm pretty lucky with that. 
Um, so I do pretty good with that. But I've only had one situation where I've gotten a tip after the delivery. And the guy actually told me that he was going to tip me. Like, he's like, can I tip you? And I'm like, yeah, you can go back in on the app. And I'm just like, I, you know, not even concerned with it. And about, you know, maybe about 15 or 20 minutes later, I got a notification that he had added a tip to the order. Uh, that's that's still didn't happen to me yet. I don't know if it's just not available here or, or what, but yeah. anyway, um, we should probably wrap up here. We're going a while, but um, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool tell tell people where they. I'll, I mean, I'll put these links <laughs> in the description. Like, what's your YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that yeah. stuff? Definitely. My name is Bentley Coop. You spell Coop K O U P. That's how you can pretty much find me on any social media platform: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, there again, those are perfect ways to reach me. The name of my YouTube channel is DoorDash Diaries. The name of my community is T3D Triple D's. I you have a now. Facebook group? El Presidente. No, I don't. <clears throat> it's Facebook just my, page. It's just my, my public okay. first Facebook page. Yep. All right. All right. Well, everybody, if you watched all the way to the end, you are awesome. <laughs> all right. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode but we promise next week's will be even better we'll be back on sunday with this week's gig news a show discussing the latest news trends and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy until then keep hustling